0: the following podcast is scheduled for one fall with no time super hot fire the greatest spectacle in podcast entertainment Mr. Nestle That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the are inspiring Jaycee.
1: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this. As no, far. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, no, a no, suck no, no, you, are. you
0: defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is The Jobber. Job. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania, and back from his vacation in Lobster Land is the on, the one and only, honestly. There's only one of him, folks. JC. JC, thank you for, you know, gracing you, uh, gracing me, I guess, with your presence uh, via, you know, the phone. I'm back.
1: And I'm better than ever! Woo! Nestlemania, I am fired up. You know what, that week off, not only did I get to eat lobster and just lounge around and do nothing on a hammock and all those things, but I'm fired up. I'm refreshed. A week off from wrestling did me good. And I hope you're ready for the power of positivity today, baby.
0: I hope that you didn't really take all of that large coffee that you said you had.
1: Oh, I did. Dunkin' Donuts uh, messed up my order in a good way. I always try to get a medium because the large is too much. But they gave me a large, and I drank it. And here we go.
0: So we're going right to the shine where everything's happy, go lucky, everybody's ready to do this uh, always in the shine as you do your Mandy kisses and you know, whatever you do. Uh, so we're going to start off cause you're Mr. Positivity. Go right ahead. Take over the show.
1: So I actually liked a lot of things this week on both shows, but I'm going to start with something that, you know what? I didn't, oh, you don't always expect to enjoy this. And I think that's why a lot of these times when I see something like this and I enjoyed it, it really catches me off guard. But, uh, Lashley versus Ali, man. Once again, Bobby Lashley against like the little flippy guys, like a ton of fun. It obviously started, I didn't get to talk about this last week because I wasn't here. But the Hurt Business, I think, is a fantastic name. I love it. Of course, they add the most prestigious champion in WWE, Shelton Benjamin, who, by the way. Sending off R-Truth and ninjas during that Lashley match. What like job he's done retaining that title. Lashley actually murdered a ninja too, which was probably a great spot. But all these little pieces are why I love this match. Because also between the ropes, these two put on a show. We know Ali's amazing. Lashley, as we've seen against Ricochet and other smaller guys, can really, really hang with them. I know a lot of people will accept that Lashley tapped him out, but come on. You guys really think Ali's going to go over Lashley? I thought he looked great in this match. I enjoyed it. It was my favorite part of the week.
0: I got to look, I got to give you the props here because you've been calling uh, Ali Mustafa Ali forever. And when when truth finally said it, I burst out laughing and I, I, <laughs> there's no way that that correlation doesn't come back to the job or knocker. There's absolutely no way. I, it might be that I have a blind love for ourselves. But seriously, like I just when I I laughed out loud, I was like, JC is going to love this entire thing. And the segment was good, too. But I will say uh Watching Ali, his presence in this promo, the way he walked the ring, the facial expressions he has—he's been away for about six, seven months. It's nice to see him. He was almost my comeback this week. Uh, Just obviously, he came back a couple weeks ago, but it's just there's something about him that I think is. He's an absolute star if pushed correctly. Uh, I can see a mid card championship, like a, a IEC or US title, on him. He just looks good. Obviously, he has the ethnicity that obviously checks a lot of boxes. He was a you know a former police officer. He's got a great background story, and just to see him fly through the air. I mean, now we get to the you know the crux of in between the ropes of how fluid he is. He hasn't. I'm not going to gush over him too much because then we get into a certain thing that basically means I, I, I curse him. But uh, <laughs> there's a fluidness to the man that reminds me, and he's not in the same vein. It's just the fluidity is, hasn't been as good in wrestling since The Rock. Like, The Rock was fluid. Like, everything he did seemed very, like, nonchalant, easy, just never broke up and had that, like, rough and tumble. It was just really clean and crisp. And Ali has that that kind of, like slippery kind of like just gel with everything that he's doing and makes everything look effortless. So when he's on my television screen, he's definitely somebody that I'm very excited to see. And uh, I'm excited that uh, he's back in that role of being kind of like more outspoken instead of just being like the every dude.
1: Oh, no, I completely agree with that. I think Ali could certainly be a star. It's obviously been on again and off again with him. You know what, though? I think his run on Raw is going to be better with that extra hour to work with. He's going to get time. I like computing with the Hurt Business. Uh, I think Ali could get a title shot possibly at SummerSlam against MVP, who might be might not be the U.S. champion if Apollo Crews is out. Who knows? But uh, I think it's exciting things on the way for Ali. But you know what else Ali is really good at, like you mentioned, is selling. I remember that RKO from SmackDown earlier in the year. That was great. And you know what? I said his name, so that's where I'm going next. Randy Orton kicks off Raw. He wants a title match at SummerSlam. We find out before the main event that McIntyre's ready for him. He accepts. I thought that was one of McIntyre's best promos. It was short. It was succinct. It was fiery. It was powerful. And then he seamlessly transitioned to uh, his now non-title match against uh, Dolph Ziggler, which he picked an extreme rule stipulation. And, you know, obviously here on the Jobbernoff, we're kind of a uh, Monday night rerun, but I was all for this rerun because, once again, these two put on the show. Their chemistry is just fantastic in the ring. And the finish, man, that Claymore through a table, I loved it. Loved it.
0: So here's what I have to say about it. The match itself, I have nothing wrong with it, right? Like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. The head scratcher for me was that I thought the it was a rematch for the WWE championship. And then they just, like, yeah, they quietly it. swept it under the rug. And I don't know if that's true or if I just mis- misconstrued everything. I don't know if you watched it and thought differently.
1: No, uh, so they changed. They obviously, when they announced it, it said it was for the title, but during the week, they changed it at some point. It just became a non title match, um, clearly, because, you know, we know some people like to change their minds. But so that's why, because they announced it a few days before, it didn't bother me as much, but I definitely get it because obviously it was funny that it seemed like Drew was just ignoring him. But once you realize it was a non title match, it makes more sense. But you know what? We wanted McIntyre Orton. This is probably the SummerSlam main event. This or Fiend, uh, versus Braun, so I'm glad they're getting right to it, so we have multiple weeks here to build because WrestleMania, I think the this match is going to be really, really good.
0: So here's here's the bad part of this entire thing, and I think it's something that we saw throughout the week, and I'll get into it in the heat, sure, more, but this is kind of a taste of how I feel. You know, we could have had Randy Orton just be the RKO at the end of the night. You didn't have to have Randy Orton plant his flag at the beginning of the show. Cause then it made me feel like Agreed. it just felt like, okay, and okay, Dolph Ziggler, like we all know Dolph Ziggler's not winning this match. But you could have you could have done more with that entire three hour build up and just say, hey, like, we're giving this guy a shot. We're gonna make you believe that this guy actually has a shot. Like the fact that they took the note, you know, it's non-title. They they took it away, it just makes it feel like they just don't trust him or they just don't care. They've moved on to something. And this flip floppiness of it all just made me kind of like Hate the whole fact that this was happening and I didn't understand what was going on. And it just felt like, okay, Randy Orton's coming out and saying, Yeah, at SummerSlam, I'm taking the WWE Championship because I woke up this morning and I wanted to be champion. Like the promo is great, but it just felt like that happened. And then when Drew came out again before the match, he was basically making a a reference to Randy Orton and, and then, Oh, yeah, I have Dolph Ziggler tonight. So it just, I just felt like if it's the main event of Raw, it made me feel like, Well, then shit, I can fast forward this match. Not that I did, but it, in my brain, part of my brain shut off because it, it like didn't stimulate me to that point. You know what I mean? So I just, I hate when they do that because I know that they there's a grander kind of grandiose uh, plan they've got going on. Uh, but that just doesn't make any sense to me when you're watching it as a program, as a viewer, you, you're sitting there going, are you insulting my intelligence? Are you making me feel like, okay, don't pay attention to what we advertise now. Pay attention to four weeks from now. You know what I mean? Like you could have, it, it's an easy fix in my opinion. That's all I think about it. That's all.
1: No, I, I, I definitely don't disagree. I just think with a three-hour show, they're like, how can we get multiple segments out of our top guys? And I think that's just what it is. because so I think if they obviously had an hour or two-hour show, I think it would have been exactly what you said. You would have had the match, or another surprise attack at the end, boom. And that's why my next piece of Shine, Neffermania, I would have put this on last, despite the fluky finish, because once again, Sasha versus Asuka, man, just pumped that into my arm all day and all night. I could watch these two go at it. I thought it was great once again. Um, Sasha gets the... Somewhat definitive win of the title this time on Asuka when she actually left the ring and got counted out to try to save Kyrie from Bayley. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of against the finish, but I thought in terms of the storyline that it made perfect sense. And it also sets up Sasha versus Asuka 3 potentially at SummerSlam, which I'm all for because I think that's where you'll get the definitive match. But I actually i am still digging this all. Um, Once again, another rerun that I didn't hate.
0: So here's my question about this. People are bitching about the count out, right? They're bitching about it because they think, okay, well, it was definitely said by Stephanie McMahon, hey, we're doing this thing and everything's wonderful. Like, you know, you get to basically win by, you know, hook or crook. We kinda knew that there was some weird faultiness to it and Bailey couldn't be involved because Bailey always helps. But when I was watching it, it almost made me feel like it was an odd way to write Kyrie off television. Like it was just kind of um like it was a nice way, like, to show how babyface Asuka is. But it's different. Like it's—I don't know—it's like a different Oscar, right? So it's not like this train killer that was undefeated for almost a year and change. It's this woman who has a heart, you know. And it's just odd to me to see her have a heart because the train killer in her would have been like, "Ah, fuck my friend. She's leaving anyway. I'm gonna fucking win this." But I get that for the storyline purposes, that's what they were doing. Uh, but it was—it was—it was nice. It was a nice way to see, you know, Sasha Banks basically trickle into getting the championship that she didn't really win to begin with. Um, So it's helpful. I do want to say for this, I do want Bailey Sasha. I know this is overexposed, and so I know that there's like the backcrackers like, I can't believe you want this to happen, but this is how it is. Uh, I would want to see Bailey defend. I want to see Sasha defend. And then I want to see Bailey and Sasha defend those tag titles all in the same night. Because I think that that would, you know, in a SummerSlam atmosphere, I think that that that's not necessary. I think it needs to happen because they have yet to do it. And I think that that would give them a reason to bitch again you know what I mean and so I think having that as a a caveat that SummerSlam would be great because then you can have one at the beginning have one in the middle have one towards the end and maybe somebody loses maybe they lose their tag titles maybe Sasha loses again and you know because every time it seems Sasha has a championship she loses it in like three weeks so who knows but I think that that would be amazing to have at SummerSlam because I think it it fits to their personalities that they're going with right now. WrestleMania,
1: I love that I love that because you know what Sasha and Bailey—they're double champions, and they're not cowards like that guy at NXT. Like, what an absolute coward just relinquishing a title! But that's neither here nor there. Is that I? That's what I want. I remember a couple years ago, Seth uh, Rollins was a world champion. He won the U.S. title, only had it for about a month. But I thought it was so exciting that hey, this guy's going to have to wrestle twice in one night. It makes it interesting. It makes it intriguing having one guy with multiple feuds too. Seeing if they can bit off more than they can chew. So yeah, I'm all for that. These got, these two women are the hottest thing. In all of wrestling right now, no matter what they do, they're so overexposed and we don't care because they're so good. They're continuing to find ways to make themselves interesting. They're having banners of matches. So you know what? Yeah, give me three matches at SummerSlam.
0: Absolutely. And wardrobe changes. Everybody loves a good wardrobe change. That would be great. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, yeah. uh, so, look, I'm going to I'm gonna take over the shine for one moment here. Do it. I'm going to tell you something that I really enjoyed, and I know you're going to put this in the heat anyway, but I don't care because I'm going to gush over this. I enjoyed the hell out of the bar fight. I thought that that was outstanding. Outstanding, JC.
1: So you thought that I wouldn't like this?
0: No, I just think that uh, there's something about it that makes you go, huh, you're not really uh, loving it or hated it, you're just kind of like, eh, you know, it is what it is.
1: So here's my take on the bar fight, because I was watching SmackDown on delay like I normally do on DVR, and I just happened to be on the timeline, and everyone was whining about how bad it was, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I thought, if anything, this would be good. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. They're trying all these different spots. They're using the entire bar, including the bathroom. They're going around. I'm like, this is good. Did it go a little too long for my liking? Probably, because I thought the commercial break in the middle of it kind of killed a lot of the momentum. I would have maybe found a way to keep this at the end of the match and, like, stack the commercials a bit higher in the show. But I Overall, I like this match. I like the Willow tease for Jeff Hardy because I think that's something interesting for his character, um, especially now. Like, Where does Jeff Hardy go from this next? Obviously, you had the promos off the top of the show where he's, a, he's an alcoholic, which are uncomfortable and all that. But I think um, a possible Willow thing going on here could be really, really interesting for him.
0: I love this from top to bottom. I don't think it's the greatest thing they've ever produced, but I – to, to go back to what you said very quickly about having uh what I would have loved to do and this is I don't know if it's the right sponsorship or advertisement for, you know, a smackdown or not, but I would have had it sponsored by Jameson, I, the whole thing. Just the whole ha- last Ooh. half hour. That way it would have been commercial free with Jameson's logo or something like that. Yeah, That way you have a bar fight sponsored by Jameson. I think that'd be great. Love it. Love right? it. Right? Cuz then you Love get it. then you get 30 minutes there and you get your your sponsors in and they they you know, that's an in-segment sponsor which everybody loves to have. So we do that, right? But then we get to the bar fight. I appreciated the fact that they showed up. They had a conversation before they, and it, it like percolated, you know what I mean? Like it got to a point of, they had to fight, not like I'm showing up. Are you showing up? Like, let's fight. It was more of a like conversation. They started talking. Jeff Hardy even made a Matt Hardy reference. So some surprise made the cut, you know, and the location was great. It was just, it, it felt very un-WWE like. It felt as if it was an actual bar because it was. And it just was constructed in a way that it made me kind of go, you know what, bravo for them for trying because I think that we've been watching a lot of wrestling that's been solid. But, you know, we talk about all this all the time. Having a, a no crowd or having the trained monkeys from NXT in the background just clapping and banging on the fucking things, which is fine. Yeah. But, like, you you need, you need to have a, a location kind of thing to make it good. And WWE does a great job with their production. And I, like, I just love the whole, like, basketball spot. I thought that was great, getting pellet. Just having him hum those basketballs, like, you know that hurts. You know that hurts. Having them, you know, you ask for the bar spot because you know in a fight, like, someone's going to go across the entire bar and there's going to be a calamity. And just Sheamus was bringing those ham hock forearms across like stuff like that. And just they, the latter had to happen. I did I did chuckle at this because this is the one thing that I, I went, really, we're going to do this in a bar fight was the Irish whip spot. But then I laughed because I <laughs> thought about it. And, you know, having an Irish whip is stupid because in in wrestling, it's stupid enough to make that illusion happen because, you know, everybody will forgive it in a wrestling ring. But having an Irish whip and then I thought to myself, wait a minute, an Irish whip in an Irish pub, it's okay. So, by um, an Irishman, and by an Irishman, exactly. So it was a triple Irish. Take a drink. But then you know you go to you know Jeeves attacks. They, the whole thing made sense with like you said with Willow. It was a nice little thing, in my opinion. I think Willow is going to be a placeholder for a little bit. We're going to get to expose that a little bit for a couple months. And then Jeff Hardy is going to get catapulted into I think Fiendland with Willow. I really do. I think that 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 seems like it may not be right now maybe a collision course in the fall but it is it's not ready but it's going to be in a couple months if they massage out this ghost willow kind of whatever the hell it was cuz i if you look at it very closely at the end he closed his eyes the contacts were gone he opened his eyes they had the regular eyes and they made a sound effect like he was a terminator i appreciated that because it made me feel as if it's a uh, almost something that he can tap into when he needs to sort of kind of it's not as good as the fiend but i think it's a it, there's not a lot of baby faces that can do something like this, and I will buy it. And I think that as a fan, I will buy into Jeff Hardy. As much as I don't necessarily love him, I think that The Fiend can make me interested in what could possibly potentially happen.
1: No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. That's a feud that I've been thinking about for a while. It makes a lot of sense. I think they can have a lot of fun with that down the line uh, once The Fiend is... Uh done with Braun one way or another so yeah for sure but i do think you're right it's not going to be right away i think maybe we'll get more teases along the way because i don't think we're there yet and i like that they're continuing with the slow burn things especially on smackdown leading these little clues of things and i really like that so
0: what else did you enjoy
1: so um this is it's, it's kind of a smaller note um but riddle obviously job alert beat your boy tony niece the man of all the abs. I oh think my god he, i uh, love lost that quicker yeah, he lost in about two abs, so uh, two seconds there for him. But um, this is all about Riddle calling out Corbin. Uh, the King actually took a job at 205 Live, which made me chuckle. Uh, so that was pretty good. But my favorite part of this, and what I think could be really fun going forward if they run with it, is Kim Corbin put a ransom on Riddle's head. So I think this is interesting because it means that Riddle is unlikely going to probably get his hands on Corbin until SummerSlam. He'll have to deal with all these people trying to collect the ransom. I think that's something fun. He pretty much put a hit out on the guy. And I think that could be something really interesting in the lead-up to SummerSlam.
0: I just want want Matt Riddle to have an interaction with Corbin, and he's going to be like, I don't know what your problem is, bro. And then he's gonna look at he's gonna look at Riddle and go, Don't bro me unless you know me. Like I would I would die on the floor if Corbin just starts going, Don't bro me. Don't fucking bro me. That's stupid. Like he just he would get so agitated by it. You know what I mean? I think this is gonna be an interesting concept because it's a WWE guy versus kind of the indie darling, as we talked about last week with TJ, about Matt Riddle just being that indie darling that everybody seems to love. Well, not everybody, but It's not a WWE style, and Corbin is definitely packaged in a way where he is the WWE guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think when these two do have their match, I think it'll actually be really good if given the time, just because of the clash of styles and the differences. That's why I think, like, obviously Corbin always has these fantastic matches with those indie darlings. Like, they're the former guys that ran shop on the indies, like the styles, etc. So, I think this could be a show stealer at SummerSlam.
0: Ooh, that's, that's high praise coming from someone that's very, 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 very ficky. Uh, fickle, excuse me. Ficky, ficky, excuse me. Fickle. Fickle. I don't have the, the soundbar. Sorry, I can't talk. I'm so tired. Is, twins uh, will, twins there will there do that to you. you have
1: is, uh, is there anything else you have it Super Shine on SmackDown? I have a few things, but they're more small. Yeah, I
0: was going to say you're probably going to joke about Miz and Morrison dancing to Naomi's music. Oh my show. God. How amazing was that? I, I did laugh. I did laugh. I thought the segment was okay. Um, Having Lacey just kind of get like the lip gloss on her or, what, or the, the lipstick was like, okay, that's great. Well, whatever. It felt like a very, I, I hate to say this because it's going to sound, I know how it's going to sound, but it felt oh. like that segment, like the, for, the, first per, the first portion of it with Naomi was great. Having the support, having Lacey come out and getting pushed and her makeup smeared. That second part just made me feel as if I was watching something from like 10 years ago and it was diva-ish. It didn't feel good. The first part was pretty yeah. good.
1: I don't disagree with that, because uh, I thought Naomi had a really good promo. Probably one of her better promos that I can remember, it actually made me buy in. Like, okay, yeah, I'd buy this. Bringing out Lacey, I thought made sense. She had the one quote where like, because was like, I've been here over a decade, and Lacey immediately comes out and goes, she's been here for over a decade, doesn't have much to show for it, and I was like, boom. This is why Lacey's so good as a heel. But yeah, the little thing at the end, it didn't bother me as much as you, but it definitely... It definitely wasn't as necessary because I thought they already sold me on the match for next week, uh, with the promos, but I completely understand your point.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm pretty much done. I don't think there's anything else. If you want to just go lay out for all types of shiny things, Gad.
1: Well, so no, the rest of my stuff is kind of it's kinda of because I liked part of it. Like, for instance, I enjoyed the Street Profits doing intros in the commentary. Um, <laughs> but the match, it's like the Zelina boys winning again. I get why they're doing it and it'll probably be an awesome match at SummerSlam, but it didn't necessarily get me as excited as, you know, obviously Cedric O'Shea would have been because it's something different. Um, but, I mean, it's not really heat either, but it's just, it's more heat that the fact of like, it's going to be a good match, but I'm not really excited for it.
0: I, I popped hard for Cedric, the sports entertainer. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> I Tremendous. It was tremendous. I didn't understand how we never thought of that, but it was great. And. That was the best part after they got in the ring then the bell rang i didn't care i did not care the, the they had to edit the sloppiness of sed roche and the viking raiders not you know and cn and all that shit like they were edit, heavily edited heavily edited they cut away from things they don't normally cut away for you know it's just there's a lot there's a lot that's going on and i just went okay let's get the bad guys over let's do it and they did which was which was fine as you said but there's just so much more to be doing, and like, and they they gloated about how deep the tag division was. I almost threw up in my mouth. I almost <laughs> threw up in my mouth. Entire
1: division right there. Exactly, exactly.
0: exactly. It, it was you couldn't you couldn't tell me that there was more tag teams that you could care. I don't even care about the tag teams in the ring, honestly. I mean, do you really? Well, I care? I wouldn't
1: go that far, Nestle-mania. Well me, I care me, about Cedro. Say I care about the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders. I'm kind of waiting to see what's next, and then I'm over the Zelina Boys. Like. Just like because we know they're gonna break up. Like if they won the titles, I'd be shocked. But they just seem like kind of a placeholder for now.
0: I, I wouldn't be shocked. Here's the thing: I wouldn't be shocked if the Street Profits hold those championships for like another six months. There's just I agree. there's I think nobody they should, else. Honestly, they should. There's nobody else, and honestly, they're they're entertaining. So the wrestling can be eh sometimes because you can make up for it with their entertainment. That's exactly why they're there, and they're not. They're not guys that I'm going to sit there. Here's here's a statement that I'm sure is going to be considered a cold take. I don't necessarily think the Street Profits are going to be WWE tag team champions that we're going to be sitting there going, these guys are the best tag team ever. They're going to be good, but when we look back 10, 20 years from now, we're not going to even really remember it. We're going to remember once they both break out and do something on their own. But they're not going to be the Legion of Doom. They're not going to be the New Age outlaws or even the New Day. They're not going to be spectacular but they definitely have something in this tag division They're they are good for now but i think that there's there's got to be like something going on with the street profits eventually later it's just i'm not excited with this tag division and on, on on smackdown too i'm just not excited for anything
1: oh yeah no we don't i mean we can get to the heat because yeah. the smackdown tag division non-existent especially now with kofi out for a little while it's like okay so we have the champions, which are Nakazaro, as correctly predicted by me and TJ, by the way. Um, then we have the Lucha House Losers. I guess Miz and Morrison are still a tag team, but they haven't really been wrestling lately as a tag team. Um, but the rest is just like the Forgotten Sons have been officially forgotten. It seems like forever, which is fine. Uh, and then the Usos are out with an injury, one of them is. So it's, you're looking at it, it's like there's not much there. If there was ever, I know you guys talked about this, this last week, and I brought up a million times, if there was ever a time to unify the belts at SummerSlam, have the Street Profits versus Naka Cesaro make one set, I think that'd be better for everyone. Plus, then you have the Street Profits kind of jumping around, it has have more fresher matches and feud. But they're obviously, they're not going to do that.
0: No, I don't think they will. I, I We talked about it at nauseum last week, but... I mean, the only thing that I could think about was the undisputed era has to be coming up after SummerSlam, right? Like, they have to be. They have to yeah. be. Yeah, So, I mean, honestly, we, we're we going to get some hodgepodge tag team. You know what I'll say right now? You're probably going to get Heavy Machinery versus Nakazaro in the pre-show of SummerSlam when they're, you know, floating somewhere in the middle of, you know? But, I mean, that's just, that's so you can forget about Otis trying to cash in at some point. You know what I mean? So they're going to do whatever they got to do to do it. Uh, but there's not a lot of things going on and you, I hate to bring this up cause I know cap's probably listening and going every time I mention these three letters, but AEW has like 45 tag teams and they just talk about how great their tag division is. And they let all these good tag teams go. And it's just, it's so frustrating to be, to looking at WWE and say, you're supposed to be so much better than them. Why do you have two tag divisions that are just fucking toilet water right now? They're toilet water. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's. it's like, like we've mentioned ad nauseum it's like having them split is stupid um the women's tag division is better just because at least they have awesome champions even though their division is also thinning out now with the kabuki warriors so i thought we're the second best team now gone but it's just it's a mess i don't know do you want to talk about uh sasha and bailey on smackdown um i wasn't as excited about this as the rap part because you know bailey's making cross based bliss which i thought was interesting because it continues to uh, She's a little dissension between those two because the winner gets the title shot, and uh, Cross actually won after faking a rib injury because she's absolutely a scumbag. But um, scumbag. I, I, don't know. I just I'm not excited. I'm not excited for Bailey Cross.
0: Sorry. Well, it's a rerun. I think it's like the third time yeah, they're doing I just, it. I don't, um,
1: I don't care.
0: You know what's hard is that I, nobody takes Nikki Cross seriously. I think that's what it boils down Agreed. to. So, yep. so you put her in the ring. She's definitely good. It's just there's. There's only so many ways you can skin a potato, and there's only so many ways you can watch Nikki Cross wrestle. You know, there's not a lot of layers to her. There's not a lot of essence or, or uh, je ne sais quoi. There's not a lot of uh, next step up evolution. She's not going to change her hair color. She's not going to change how she looks. She's just going to wrestle, and she's really good at it. But I don't think that there's something about Nikki Cross right now that makes people go, oh, yeah, I want to see her win. You know what I mean? Yeah, no,
1: I I think she's she's a good sidekick to Alexa, and it worked. I think that's mostly run its course, but it's just I don't I agree with you. I don't buy her as her on her own state. I don't know. I don't think she can carry a division long term. Like, so to me, this just feels like a placeholder. Before I'm assuming we're gonna get Bailey Naomi at Summerslam, the way this is going in this division, but not sure if you think differently.
0: Honestly, I don't I, nobody's going to beat Bailey. Like Bailey Bailey might as well be Super Cena at this point. She just She, she should hold the Mania and then have Sasha beat her there. I that's
1: what I think should happen.
0: I mean, I, they've got 3 championships to lose now. I mean, space them out. Space them out. Just you you, you know, have have somebody cost somebody at the Royal Rumble, you know, like do it the old school way. Um uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm not excited about that. Honestly, I wasn't even excited about Bailey and uh, you know Sasha talking during the match because I felt like they took away from the match itself, and I was more interested in you know their ding dong hello like all that crap that they do, um, more than whatever was going on in the matchup. So, honestly, SmackDown to me, a lot of it was a wet fart. Honestly, a lot of it was, with the exception of the bar fight. So,
1: well, you want to talk about a wet fart? How about uh, Grand Metalik of all people? Out of nowhere, I don't think I've ever seen him win a main roster match period in singles competition, but he won a fatal four way to earn a shot at the IC title. And I uh, just like what what? It just it was out of left field. Grandma is a great wrestler, but just like I don't know. It was just it was just like, okay, this doesn't get me excited. I give them credit for allowing like an undercard superstar to probably have a really good match with Styles. But to me, like this was just like out of those four guys in the match, he probably would have been my last choice.
0: You know what's funny when I saw Grand Metalik win I literally envisioned you watching going Huh That must have been your exact <laughs> reaction like what? That must have I'm been your like, different... What Cuz cuz the funniest part was that AJ Styles was out there and he was like doing his AJ Styles thing where he was like freaking this and freaking that and all that stuff he does I always love when he doesn't swear he's just using other jargon that he's just he's just this like southern gentleman who cannot swear it's great uh, but he put over Gable, who was having a day. Gable was having a day in that match, you know. And who? Shorty G, sorry.
1: There you go.
0: Shorty G <laughs> was having a match. Maybe that's why he couldn't win because he couldn't say the entire alphabet. He only has one letter. He's he's lowercase G. He's lowercase G. Maybe when he graduates to uppercase G, he'll win a match or two. Uh, but look. at SummerSlam, at SummerSlam, he'll be AJ for the IC title. Book it. You're terrible. That's not gonna happen. AJ Styles is holding on that championship okay. forever. Forever. Probably,
1: but Shorty G at SummerSlam is getting a shot. I'm calling my shot now.
0: Well, maybe he will. I I don't know. So it's just it's odd to me that they had the fatal four-way. They they tried very hard, but it was just like Gulak. Eh, we already knew he had a chance. Shorty G was the one I thought was gonna win, and then like the other two Lucha House losers, we were just it surprised the fuck out of me that Grand Metalik won because he was like <laughs> the fact that AJ Styles was like Grand Metalik. Oh, it's metal. You know he just he just like goofballed his name, didn't take him seriously, which again is great because I'm sure in the matchup it'll make sense. But I don't know. I, I'm the IC championship just seems like another championship that I'm just not excited about either. I mean AJ Styles is great, but I just I don't care. I just there's so much on SmackDown I just don't care about.
1: They're trying. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious your take here, detective, because there was a Firefly Funhouse on SmackDown. It literally not much happened besides Bray revealing it with the theme's turn, but did this not get you excited?
0: You ready for this? You're sitting down?
1: Yeah. This is the yes. worst
0: Firefly Funhouse I've ever seen in my life. Don't disagree. And now here's why. Here's why. We have this... Nothing m- happened? We, yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's, let me... Jesus, don't fucking ruin my segment, goddammit. What I'm trying to say... <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that they didn't do anything that added any value to it, but what really fucking just grinds my gears is the best way to say it. We had this amazing swamp. I don't know. Let me retract that. We had this okay, good swamp fight, which ended the way I wanted it to, but you have, you have Bray Wyatt say, it's the fiend's turn now. Like, okay. You know where that could have been slated two weeks later when Braun Strowman came back. That's when you do it. You don't have him come out and say, it's the fiend's turn now. Like, don't, don't. Have Braun Strowman come back first before you even have a Firefly Funhouse. It just seems like the order of things, like somebody must have put the wrong promo somewhere. That's what it felt like to me. Because it didn't do anything. <laughs> it was a placeholder. It was a wet effing fart. That's how I felt about it because I love these segments. But you need Braun Strowman. Here's my, here's my logic. And I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on my own Nestle Island. I'm on Planet Fluff Luga. Whatever you want to tell me, I don't really care. But when you watch something logically, you go, okay. So he's in a swamp. You've percolated interest to me, right? Is he coming back? Is he coming back the same? Is the championship held up? We talked about this last week. TJ laid it out for me so I could I could talk for a little bit. All that shit's going down. But you have you have nothing of that. You cut you basically cut off the balls of this entire thing by having the Fiend come out and go, I don't really have much to say guys, so uh Fiend's going to do stuff. Check out for that. That's fun. Um you know, here's my lantern. That's fun. You know, just like that's the, the, there was nothing. There was literally nothing. It was, it was absolutely zero. They didn't think about it. They didn't go with anything. They were just like, ah, it's Bray Wyatt. People will love it. Who cares? That's exact. You, you need very much to let Braun Strowman come back first because he has to look different or look that he's seen a ghost. Something ain't right with the man. You build interest to you know, SummerSlam. You don't just have him go, it's the Fiend's turn now. Because it doesn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? I I don't know how you feel about it, but it just, it, it, it drove me up a wall. I was so disappointed with that segment.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely, it wasn't necessary to do what they did. And like you said, they killed all intrigue going forward. I don't know how they booked this going forward. We've seen this kind of a feud, like, I know part of it is because Bray hasn't been going to many tapings and stuff um, because, obviously, he just he's not as comfortable with it. Um, but it just is – yeah, I thought they just, like, they gave it away. So it's like, okay, what are we going to do the next three or four weeks? Just, like, nothing? Recap packages? Because that's sure what it
0: seems like. You you can do on-location things. You Like I, I said in The Hope, you could have people go looking for Braun Strowman. Put him on a fucking milk carton. I don't care. Do something. Add intrigue to it. You know? At the end of a smackdown episode, show the swamp and have Braun's hand come out of the water. Add intrigue. Do something. But don't tell me that the fiend is gonna have his turn now. Cause it does nothing for me. Yeah, no, I'm with
1: you. It, I'm with you. It, I got nothing else to add on that. Uh,
0: let's just let's just move on. I don't want to talk more about this. It just it upsets me in, in ways I can't describe.
1: What else upsets you? <sighs>
0: so much so fucking much. You know what not a, not a lot more in SmackDown cuz I just I just eh I just hate SmackDown sometimes. We already talked about some of the good stuff. So here's here here's here's the magic. Dominic doesn't talk. He has a relatively in my opinion decent segment, right? Like so him not talking is what he needs to do. And for everybody, and, and I know everybody goats me on Twitter saying, oh, he's gonna be the comeback of the year. Oh yep, he's gonna be this superstar. Imagine a couple years from now and he's doing this, that, and the other thing. I don't give a shit, guys. He could he could save a baby from a building on fire. And I would never like Dominic Mysterio. That guy
1: I'm gonna write this down WrestleMania because when he becomes the next rock, you're gonna eat your words.
0: I live you're gonna tell me he's the next <laughs> rock. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> that guy that guy has the personality of a wet napkin. A wet napkin. From the s- rock. From the rock and in the rock. Dominic Mysterio looks like he eats a microphone because he's so, so ready to shit his pants. That's what he looks like to me. Well, at least with a kendo stick, it was entertaining. I will give him that much. But Seth Rollins and Buddy had to beat the piss out of him for forever. And then, you know, dress, shoes, Alistair Black comes out and does the whoop, whoop, whoop. And does what, yeah, you want to talk about that guy. And that, that, that just upsets me anyway. But it's just they, they, they actually do the eye treatment to Black. The whole segment was, just felt like we had a chance here. We had a chance to set the table. And you know what we did? Nothing. It was just, and everybody's going to sit there and tell me, well, it could be Dominic versus Rollins at SummerSlam. you think they're going to have Hell Rollins yeah. versus Dominic at SummerSlam. I would be shocked. That'd be great. I would be That'd shocked. Be awesome. No, it wouldn't be awesome. So what I actually think will happen at SummerSlam is
1: does this seemed like there was a way for them to write Black off T V and hopefully repackage him for an eighteenth millionth time. But just get him the fuck away from Rollings and Murphy. Like get him the fuck away for a while. Figure it out with him how to actually use him. Because or just send him a smackdown. Get him away from Raw because it's just a it's done with him. So I actually didn't, and I actually did like the stuff between Seth and Murphy kind of making his disciple do it too. Cause I think it kind of improved their bond a little bit. Did it take a little too long? Probably. But you, you did say something that I do agree with. Dominic beating Murphy with that kendo stick was awesome. I'm like, wow, Dominic actually knows how to swing a weapon. There's some progress, but I actually have so I would suspect that I don't think Ray's done yet. I'm, I think we're going to get a tag team match player where Ray and uh, Dominic take on Seth and Murphy. That'd be my guess.
0: Ugh, ugh. Eye for an eye was enough. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry, Danny. I know you're crossing the (laughs) line. No, I know. I know. It's just I. I wanna. You know what, Danny? I know you're gonna listen to this anyway, and you're gonna tell us we do a great job as always. But Mr. Greenwood, if you could listen to me very closely, explain to me how Seth Rollins and Dominic being in a segment together, or at WrestleMania, or at a raw or at a SummerSlam, whatever the case would be, why you would watch that. Explain to me why that's a good idea. Explain
1: to me. Honestly I can answer that for you. Dominic. As like he is polarizing, whether it's because you're curious if he actually is good or whether you hate him because he has the legacy and you think he sucks. Like Dominic is a polarizing figure that we haven't seen actually like do it. Like, he's been there. We've seen him struggle through promos. We've seen him sit next to Daddy. We've now seen him swing a kendo stick, but we haven't seen him, like, actually in the ring yet. So
0: it's intriguing. So putting him in the ring at SummerSlam, yeah, I think that's really interesting. You upset me so much. You know that? You really it's do. It's true. You know it. You know it. That's you will hate watch the fuck out of the match, and you will be so excited for it because you will be looking for
1: every little detail that you can pick apart the next week. That's why you'll be all in on that. You
0: know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I would, I would sit there, and I would pick apart King Mysterio or <laughs> Prince Mysterio, whatever the hell they're going to call him because it's just stupid, stupid, stupid. Sorry, I got nothing else. I just want to move on from this bullshit.
1: Um, they also randomly later in the night, uh, Murphy had a match against Shimmy, who didn't come out and make a save to Alistair, who used to be a friend, but Murphy beats him all the same. This just felt so out of place in unnecessary for me.
0: Yeah, they don't do segues. It's more as Billy would talk about. He just, you know, he'd slap the wall and go, "Okay, hard cut, boom!" Like that's just how it yeah. felt. There's no, <laughs> there's no flow to, to, and that's what happens when we have an, a, a edited show. There's no flow to it, folks. So, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Not a lot of stuff. Should we get hopeful? Yeah, let's get hopeful, bro. All right, go ahead. Do you have one?
1: You're my only hope. I do, WrestleMania. Thank you for asking. So on SmackDown, um, there was a backstage segment with uh, the New Day members, Kofi Kingston and Big E. Kofi got some bad news from the trainer. He uh, said he's probably going to be laid out four to six weeks, so their run as a tag team in the near future is done. But the, obviously the big thing that came out of this segment was Kofi saying to Biggie, it's your turn. I've had my turn, I appreciate it. And you've sacrificed more than any of us. Because you could be such a big star, but you always put everyone else first before you. And i got me thinking, it's like, okay, well, if we look in the near future, Big E's probably not going to be going for that title right away. Could he maybe win the IC title and have a nice run there? Sure. But I'm thinking long-term with Big E. And I'm looking at it, and it's like, what would be a great way to make a new star, but they could also continue to build him up over the next half a year and really make it interesting. So here's my hope, WrestleMania. I want Big E to win the 2021 Royal Rumble. I think that would be a great way to do it. I think he could have a great show, he's a bigger guy, so he can get a ton of eliminations. And I, you know what? If there is a crowd or whether there isn't a crowd, people will be behind it because he's a new, fresh star that we love. We, people want to get behind Big E. They always have. He's entertaining. He's good in the ring. Like, he can get serious. Like, he has a diverse moveset for a big guy. He's willing to put his body on the line. He can cut promos. He's more than just a sidekick or a tag team guy. He really could be one of the faces of this company if done correctly because he has the charisma. He has the ability. So you know what? I think the Rumble's far enough away where you could start to maybe assert him a little bit and make him believable as the next world champion for WrestleMania. So that's my hope, WrestleMania. Digging you to win the 2021 Royal Rumble. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. So, look, I – I would love to see Biggie become champion. I think we all would. Uh, we know Vince McMahon loves the hip shaking and the, the jiggle and whatnot. Uh, so the, <laughs> you know that that entertainment aspect of it. And he looks good on television. You know, I think people respect him. I think he does a good job. So we'd all be behind it. And I think it may not be the Kofi uh, – I don't have another way to say this. The release of excitement uh, that you had when Kofi won, I think it would be st- – Almost the same, but I think Kofi kind of broke that glass ceiling in a way that we would wait in 11 years for. So, but I, I do I do believe that that Biggie is somebody you can plaster on a poster, a cup, put in front of the talk shows, do all that shit. Like he he is somebody that could. He just has that charisma. He has that 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 it factor that has just been waiting to boil over and so look i'm all in i'm all in for it and i love it i think it's a wonderful 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 thing for him and i'm excited i hope it doesn't mean the ic championship but that's really where my hope is going to be anyway my hope is about the ic title it's a championship that has you know arguably right now the best wrestler in the world don't come at me aw with your kenny omega bullshit because right now he's not the best wrestler in the world. But AJ Styles, in my opinion, is kind of a man without an island, or kind of a man without a country, rather, and kind of just not, he's just kind of floating through space with the IC Championship. And yes, he had that thing with Daniel Bryan. Yes, he had the Gulag thing. Yes, he's done the Riddle thing. But he doesn't really have that big, big feel. You know what I mean? So here's what I'm i am going to jump off the Big E way, uh, thing that you just said. I think Big E versus AJ Styles at SummerSlam would be really entertaining. But to add to that onslaught, I think because we've seen what happened at the bar fight, I believe that Big E might beat AJ Styles and then maybe we have Sheamus and Big E battle for the IC Championship because Sheamus still have never won it and I assume he's got to win it before he's done because WWE likes to check those boxes to make sure people are Grand Slam champions before they're fully done. Uh, But I think that Sheamus has been doing a lot of great work now even though the uncomfortableness of the alcoholic thing. I think... You need somebody like Sheamus to believe that Big E is not just a goofball. And I think Sheamus brings out that side of people. He did it for Jeff Hardy, as much as I don't like either of them really that much. But I think my hope is having Sheamus interjected with Big E, or maybe the IC title win, would be great because you need need to take Big E seriously in order to see this catapult, that launch, happen. Because otherwise... He can yuck it up forever. He's already been an IC champion. He can be a United States champion or whatever. But he, he he has to put down the pancake and the gyration or put it where it's supposed to in the matchup. But I think Sheamus can do it in a way where, even if it's not for the IC title, I think having a feud right now, you need to have Big E be taken seriously right away. You can't wait right away. Because if it's a first impression and you're going to reboot him, essentially, you need to have... We already know he's funny. We already know he can do all these things that you just described, but Sheamus can bring out that thug, that fight, that kind of like, that that darker, that that feeling of like, we don't care that the Rock, Rock and Austin could wrestle, right? But they had that dark, that street thug kind of like just bashing, brawling kind of style. And I have not seen Big E do that. He's more of a finesse dude. He can do an amazing thing and we know he's strong, but I want to see him just club people. And I think having Sheamus versus Big E, would be just a clubberin that I'm okay with.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think that would be great. Um, I agree with the IC. title thing. I think that would be good, too. But like you said, I'd be fine with that on its own.
0: All right, I believe it is now time for the comeback. As you like to say, It's uh, they've been here for years. And My particular comeback has been here for years. Uh, I'm going to give it to Nia Jax for coming back this week, folks. Ugh. The greatest wrestler on the planet in the women's division. Shut the front door. She is, yes, oh, no. she, is, she is in a, a program, it seems, uh, or a collision course, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, uh, with you know one Shayna Baszler, uh, which, again, they had a promo. Uh, it didn't go very well. It was a fight. Then they had a match that didn't really become a match, and they had to fight and beat up other people because they can, they can beat up males. That's fine. Uh, but if a, if a male beat up a woman, that's bad. Um, but that's okay. We're not gonna get into that right now. Uh, they have their the whole thing. They beat up officials. No one's gonna get fined because it's WWE and and all that jazz. but I just I am excited to see Naya Jax on my television. Again, you want to talk about polarizing figures. I know everybody hates her. Uh, I think that she does that. She has that Samoan swagger. And I think that uh, as much as people don't like her, uh, I think it's even better because when she's on the TV, she gets that visceral reaction, whether it's an eye roll, whether it's uh, you get you pound your fist, you scream. And uh, I think Nia Jax is good television, folks. I think that uh, she, whether you like her or not, she gets a reaction out of you. And uh, I think Shayna Baszler needs to be shown that badass feeling that she could have. I like the way she kind of, like, walked to the ring when, you know, her match. She kind of stomped in, and then the match just started. So I think, again, Nia Jax is the perfect opponent for for Shayna Baszler. I think they'll both do wonders for each other. I was kind of hoping that one of them would challenge, you know, Sasha, at SummerSlam, but that's probably not going to happen. So we have this random match for now. Um, But I think both these women need this thing to do kind of reset what they what they were because they were kind of both, you know, needing something.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree because I think, honestly, this feud, I think the lead up for it will actually be pretty good because I think Basler cuts fantastic promos. Naya, um, if she keeps it short, can be pretty solid too. You definitely felt uh the hate in this. My one issue with the segment this week is they had that brawl. They go to commercial. Then they come back from break and they're just gone. And it was something else. And I was just like, that was rude to me. Um, but whatever. That's neither here nor um, there. My one hope for this feud will be that whatever they do at SummerSlam, please don't make it a regular match. This needs to be like a street fight or a brawl or something because no one wants to see an actual match between these two. But I do want to see a fight.
0: So, what if they put it in the NXT pit cage?
1: That would be interesting. Um, I would prefer a regular street fight, though, because I'd like to see them kind of go around a bit. I'd like to see them both be able to use the scenery more than in that pit cage. But I don't think it's a bad idea to have that in your back pocket for Shayna moving forward.
0: I think that's definitely, that could be a um, her match. Because she's just, as we've talked about, she's just not the WWE style, and she's, she's so good. But she's just, when the bell rings, we're just like, eh. You know, like, no one ever really talks about her matches matches. As much anymore, it seems like they've it's just. Not, it's out. not her
1: style to be flashy. Her style is to ground and grind you out, ground you and tap you out. Like that's never going to be sexy, but it's effective, and that's why she. That's why she. It's going to be. It's weird in this feud because she's going to be presented as the baby face, and I think they know that people kind of want to get behind her, but the way she wrestles is like it's a hundred percent heel. So I'm. I'm assuming this is just going to be a temporary little um, baby type feud for her, but I think. Uh, it isn't anything they can do long-term.
0: If you think that Shayna Baszler, I'm just curious on your take on this. If Shayna Baszler had shorter matches, do you think people would be more behind her?
1: I think that would help. Um, But then again, it's just like nothing she's going to do in those matches are going to get you super boned up because she literally, she's ground, she's pound, she's submissions. Like there is literally nothing about her style that is sexy and it's not meant to be. She's a fighter and she does whatever it takes to just like choke you out. So it's always going to be tough with her, but, there are ways to do it effectively. Like, her run in NXT was really good. It's just the matches never stood out because you're comparing them to these freaking like, indie matches where guys are kicking out of everything. So, of course, the ground and pound is going to be at the bottom. But her actual run as champion was good because she literally, she was unbeatable. And that's how she needs to be presented.
0: Okay. All right. You ready for my comeback, WrestleMania? I'm ready. Are you sitting down? I am. My comeback isn't
1: going to a person. It's going to an entire company. My comeback here on July 28, 2020, is going to Impact Wrestling? What? Did you hear that correctly? Yes, WrestleMania. you did. Obviously, they're coming off their big anniversary show. They're having an infusion of former WWE guys, which kind of percolated my interest. Uh, most notably, those EC3 promos that he's been posting have been off the charts good. He finally debuted last week. He attacked Moose, who's like a fake champion. So that's interesting. Your boy, the Good Brothers, arrived. They're being presented, Sean. Keith, you may not have his last name anymore, but he's there. That's exciting. Gianna Perrazzo wins the women's title. Even your uh, your boy, shitty Eric Yun has given a big debut. And I know Ray Ray will pop for this. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns reunited and won the tag titles last week. Eddie in the North is big rain, and Eddie Edwards, once again, the big, like the face of TNA pretty much, TNA babyface, is a representative for the title, which I think is the right call, so, WrestleMania, all these things together, I watched Impact last Tuesday, I enjoyed it, I'm going to watch it again this week, I think it's going to be in my rotation, probably a late night thing when I can't sleep, but, you know what, they deserve (laughs) my comeback this week, because they're interesting!
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just—you totally ruined your comeback by saying I'm going to watch it late uh, night yeah. when I can't sleep, which would imply that well, Impact yeah, I, Wrestling I, I mean, pushed you to sleep. sleep. No, I'm just saying no, that no, you sound—you no, sound, you sound saying, like I you're saying sleep, Impact would make you sleep. So I might as well watch something good. No, you see, that's not the correlation that went to my brain, and I think everybody heard the exact same thing I heard. You basically said that's a you problem. That no, that is not a me problem. You you fall asleep to wrestling, which is cute, but.
1: I do, I fall asleep to Raw, like every week when Seth Rollins is in the main event.
0: See, but now you're gonna fall asleep but see, I have to see, wake
1: up and finish it.
0: See, that's the correlation though. You're saying it puts you to sleep. So Impact Wrestling eventually no, will put you to sleep. Is,
1: no no no. The difference is Impact, I can't fall asleep because it's good now. That's like it was just something like now I have this you know, I mean it'll be interesting once I'm back in the building and shifts start with more late nights, but right now it's just like I can't sleep, so I need more things to watch. So, Impact Wrestling got added to the rotation, and now I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to
0: stay. Well, I look to Ray Ray's uh, article every week on Impact Wrestling because uh, apparently he's not <laughs> going to do it. I know, waiting for it.
1: I, I, I challenge
0: Ray Ray to do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. He's, he's got he's got things to do. So you know, baseball. Yeah, he's, a, he's a busy man. He's got to work now too. Yeah, but well, good for him. Don't don't tell me how great Impact Wrestling is, and then tell me we can't put it on the JobberKnocker.com. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> Challenge. Somebody uh, accept me. Man, anybody yeah. out there, anybody want to write about Impact Wrestling? Challenge. Throwing the gauntlet down. If it's so great, let's write about it, folks. Hey,
1: I, I look forward to that. I I will probably never be able to watch it live, which is part of the problem.
0: So. Well, it's a tape show. Nobody watches it live.
1: Well, I mean, I don't watch any wrestling live really anymore. Nobody does.
0: Nobody does. Nobody does. Hey, look, as long as somebody wins the 18-49 to 49 demo, everybody wins, right? So. Oh, well.
1: Oh, my God. I will say this about this whole 18 to 49 demo thing. Like as much as stupid as like Jericho's being with all this stuff, like he's not wrong because between the two products, like AEW is more of that type of product to appeal to those people. Like even though AEW's had a lot of negatives lately, like I still find it exciting because it is different from the WWE style, especially the NXT style, which I do enjoy. But AEW does have a little more of the grayness and a little more of that, that stuff, at least it seems. You say what you want about it, so it does make sense that they win
0: that demo every week. I don't really care about the demo. I don't care about the total viewers. Listening to Tony Khan explain anything sounds like an excitable teenager. <laughs> it's just oh my god, I, I I applaud him. I think he's probably a like a stud when it comes to numbers and all the like. Clearly, he's a billionaire. He knows what he's doing. Uh, regardless of how he got the money, that doesn't matter. But I mean, he's he's clearly a, a fan. But I just when he talks, I'm just oh my god. It's just. It makes me not want to tune in. It makes me not want to support the product. I don't know what it is about the guy. I just don't like him. I don't... And... Well... <sighs> okay. No, I was going to
1: say, lucky for you, he's never on the actual, like, AEW shows. you don't
0: have to worry about that. No, I know. And so here's the other thing, too, about AEW, and I, we might as well be in the big finish. So one, two, three, there it is. Oh, no, he kicked out. But, like, this is what it is, right? What a maneuver. This is the biggest thing that I think about when I take away when I watch AEW. It is... It's presentation is supposed to be different. It is different. It feels different. It looks different, whatever. They do a great job with it. There are a lot of guys that I applaud and I'm excited to see and I'm always you know, boned up to watch wrestle. But there's something about the program that feels as if they've lost incredible steam. There's, there's nothing about it that makes me go, oh yeah, I got to tune in to watch this. You know, and I think right now they're holding on, they're holding on, they're holding on. You can say they win a demo. I don't give a shit. I know advertisers will keep going, and they'll have it, they'll have this, they'll have that. That's fine. But as a viewer, and I know my my opinion doesn't count. As a viewer, it doesn't count anyway. But it just doesn't count in general. AEW had that steam, had that momentum, and it just felt like whack. Now I'm watching somebody get up before the 10 count in boxing. Like they're just they're trying to get their ball bearings together, and it doesn't feel the same. On the upside, they have a lot of amazing tag teams. They have a lot of fresh new faces. You know, Cody's doing these random things, although I'm not a huge fan of Cody anymore. They're doing things differently. But AEW in general doesn't make me... Honestly, I haven't watched a full AEW show without fast-forwarding. So,
1: Well, I mean, I've never, ever done that with any wrestling show. But I will say this. This is kind of what I warned you when AEW came and you and a lot of other people like had the biggest bonus at all times. This is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, it's going to wear off and it's not going to be new any at some point. And all these people that were like the Darby Allens of the world that were really seen for the first time. And like, like, they're not going to get old, but they're not going to be new anymore. And things kind of lose like their new value. They're not as shiny anymore. And it becomes like, okay, yeah, I've seen Kenny Omega and the elite take on uh, the inner circle before. I've seen this, I've seen a lot of MJF now. So like, the shine was bound to come off at some point just because it, it is, but I think, obviously, like, the pandemic, much like it has affected WWE, has really limited what these things can do without a crowd because I think part of what made AEW so special in that initial run was how hot the crowd was for it and the small arenas and, like, the noise, and it really felt like those old-school shows, and that obviously is a big reason, the big things they've lost, and I think that's definitely taken away from it. But I think the other part is that, we're just—we've seen these guys a lot now. Like they're sure they're bringing in like the new guys, like the Brian Cages of the world and stuff. But for the most part, like a lot of the people that we were super excited about, we've seen plenty now, so they're not new shiny toys anymore.
0: I don't think here, here's the thing. I don't think acquisition. And again, it doesn't matter what I think, but I don't think acquisition-wise. Well, duh. Yeah, obviously, acquisition-wise, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they've grabbed one person that I've went. Oh my god, they besides the revival. Like other than that, I've gone, eh, like Brian Cage who gives a shit. Eddie Kingston, you can you can all you can send the hate tweets at eight at Nestlemania. Go ahead cuz I'm blocked or protected or whatever. I don't really give a shit. But Eddie Kingston, I don't really care for. I don't he's a decent dude, but like I don't care about that. Like all these open challenges don't matter to me yet. There's just there's they keep adding people that they're like, "Oh, this guy's great on the indies." Yeah, well, then stay on the indies. You know, and there's 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 something to be said here where uh, you know, you can tell the difference between an AEW match and you can tell the difference between a WWE match. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, no, I don't disagree. It's definitely two different styles, and I think that's what AEW had to do. I will say this about the Eddie Kingston thing, because I didn't know who the fuck he was, and obviously I I was away this week, so I didn't really know much about him. But I did watch that match, and I will say as a one-off, if that's all it is, like I thought that was fun. The tack spots were interesting. I thought it was, once again just a showcase of like cody being great to continue to build him up so whoever eventually beats him is really going to look like a stud but for something that was a one-off i didn't hate it i will say though i think they have to be careful with these open challenges about continuing to bring in people outside the company to fight for their title it's like i'd like to see more of like the sunny kisses of the world like they did those ones like people already on your company getting a shot as opposed to these surprises every week which are fun but I just, I don't think that should be something they should do every week because of the title that represents your show. Like, it should be available to the people on your show first. That is the one thing I think they do have to be careful of.
0: I totally agree because War Horse apparently is going to get it and he's been an independent wrestling champion for a while. Dude's amazing, but I just, you know, as you said, like, they've got 45 guys in the background that are eating, catering, or not showing up, or whatever the reason is. You know, obviously maybe they want to stay home, but I mean, for Christ's sake, like, they've got... So many people that I can think of on the top of my head that are, don't even do anything at all, but I mean they 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 Yeah, I mean over I feel everybody. like
1: three quarters of the roster is AW Dark only at this point. So. Yeah,
0: and then I, does anybody watch AW Dark? I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like, does anybody have the time to watch that? I don't know.
1: Um, I I if I see something interesting, I'll throw it in, but I I, I can't weekly watch it. I know there's definitely a lot of people who do because that's the big reason why they're continuing to do it. They're clearly getting the hits, but. Yeah, it's not something that's fully in my rotation. I do appreciate that our boy, the Joe Stopper, uh, runs that on the card in his report, so I can be like, ooh, yeah, I'll make sure i got to check this one out, or ooh, that looks interesting, I can check this out. So, thank you, Joe Stopper, for that.
0: The Joe Stopper, always giving you your AEW needs. Anything else in the big finish?
1: Um, do we, on SmackDown this week, we have a Bailey Cross rerun for the women's title, don't really care. AJ Grand League for the IC title, don't really care. Naomi Lacey, I'm intrigued. But the big news, WrestleMania on SmackDown, is the power couple of WWE, Otis and Mandy, returned to our television. Mandy, fresh off her. She's had a bunch of shoots. I think that's why she's been away. She's going to be all over magazines. As she should be because she's the biggest star in the woman's history. But I'm excited for their return.
0: So you're excited for Mandy?
1: And Otis. That's Mr. Money in the Bank, baby. Mandy.
0: Oh... Is what it is, folks. Is what it is. If it's exciting to you, then it's exciting in general, I guess. People are excited about Otis. It's always
1: in the shine, baby. Yeah. It's always in the shine.
0: All right. Well, I don't think there's anything else left to say here, unless you got something else you want to lay out for. You can socialize the pod.
1: I don't got shit, but uh, you know what you can do. You can leave us five stars and five flames on iTunes, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, like on YouTube, that's where the shows are archived. It really does go a long way you Appreciate a five-star view. Hey, guys, here's the kicker. You can re-rate us every week if you just simply click five stars every week. It does us a lot of good. So if you can, we'd appreciate that. You can do it right in uh, the iTunes app if you do that. Um, also, jobandalker.com, as we mentioned. That's our website where you can find our great weekly NXT and AEW reports from TJ and the Joe Stopper. They're must-reads for everyone every week, whether you watch the show or not. You're going to be even more informed, and those guys do a great job. Obviously, when NXT UK and NWA Power return, we have coverage on those. Maybe someday we'll have impact coverage. Now they're catching steam. Uh, so that is up to someone out there, though. Uh, if anyone would like to do that. Uh, also, there's all sorts of great articles on there. I know TJ had a great Undertaker piece uh, a few weeks ago, but that stuff, obviously, our archives are always good to check out um, because there's some really good stuff there. But also uh, Twitter, at Jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy 2411, at joepolis 47 at TJ of the JK, and at the Real D. O. B. Cox. Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker,
0: because Nestlemania, where are we? We're everywhere you want to be on social media. Yes, sir. And on that note, folks, we hope that you enjoyed listening to the Jobber Knocker. We will be back next week with more Jobber Knockery.
1: And Mandy. Ah!